Amen. It is exciting to walk with God and to keep going on with Him and just to keep going up. You realize we're just getting started here on the earth. We're just practicing. I mean, it's real. Don't get me wrong. This is not, somebody said, this is not a rehearsal. This life that we're living is not like, you don't get to do over. This isn't like you walk through and like, okay, now I get it. Now I get to go back to when you're 20 or whatever. No, this is it. But on the other hand, this isn't all there is. When you get done with this life, we're just getting started because we're going to be living forever. Forever. Everybody in here, you're going to live forever. You are immortal. Amen. We're going to be here. So what, it's like, what are we going to do? Some people think we're just going to be on some cloud, you know, playing a harp. I don't have anything against a harp. But that's not what we're going to do. God has things that we're going to be able to do. We are going to be absorbing His glory and His wisdom forever. It's limitless. But we're just getting started here on the earth. So it's exciting to walk with Him to know that we're going higher, that right now, this week, that we can walk higher than we have before. That's awesome. And we are going, we are approaching the Word of God this evening, and He is speaking to our hearts, and by His Word, by His Spirit, He is imparting truth and life and light into our lives. That we, some of it, you'll use this week. Some of it, you may use in a month. Some of it will pop up in a year. But these are seeds that are being planted that come up over time and that reap, will reap a harvest when we need it. God knows what to put into our hearts now so that we have it when we need it. And that's why it's so important to make ourselves available. Just by being here, you guys are putting yourselves in a position to hear the word and to get what you need. God knows what we need, but if we put ourselves in a position to hear, He can get it to us. He knows what's coming down the road in a month, next week, tomorrow, in a year, and this gives Him an opportunity to impart what, we, what He knows we need. Amen? So it is an awesome thing to be able to receive the Word of God. Well, we've been in a series called The Effects of Offense, and I believe we're getting close to being done, but I shouldn't even say that because, you know, we're going to get done when we get done. But I have some things on my heart to, to cover tonight. Uh, let's just read the, the text that we've um, read a number of times. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. In the New Living Translation... It says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So we've touched on this, talked about different aspects of offense. If you didn't hear them, I encourage you to go back, listen to the messages on the website. They're available. Uh, they will be a blessing to you. We, we're not going to review everything that we've touched on. But we've talked about how offense is a trap. Offense is a tool of the enemy, of Satan. Offense separates you from good things. Offense separates you from people you're supposed to be hooked up with, with organizations you should be hooked up with. Offense separates individuals, family, like we read here, an offended friend. You could read an offended mom, an offended dad, an offended sister, brother, spouse. is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate and fill in the blank. 
people like a gate locked with bars. Offense can separate individuals just as much as a physical gate with bars could separate two people. It's that strong, and we have to be aware of it because Satan uses this to divide. Satan is scheming and crafty, and he knows that people are stronger together than they are apart. We know that. We know that when we're in unity and harmony, whether it's in our family or with our spouse relationship, with our kids, at work, uh, or church, whatever, we're stronger when we're walking in unity. We all know that. But yet, offense tries to separate us in different ways. And when it separates us, now we don't have that bond. Now, what Satan tries to do is get us off on our own when we're weaker and to pick us off. If you're strong being in a relationship, he wants to weaken that. You're not only separate, you can be wounded, hurt, thinking about that relationship. So it's not like you're just separate and just strong in yourself. You're separate and thinking about the other thing. And so you're even weaker. And so Satan knows this, uh, but we are not ignorant of his devices. That's the why we are looking at the word concerning these things, because... It doesn't matter um, how long you've walked on the earth. It's the word that we apply that's going to make the difference. In other words, you could have walked for decades on the earth. Just getting older does not necessarily make us wiser. It ought to, but that's just not true. Going through hardship doesn't necessarily make you stronger. If that were true, some people that have had the most hardship would be the strongest people on the planet, and that's just not the case. Just living doesn't mean we are getting better and we're getting closer to God. We have to do what he said and apply what he said. So just because we've walked through and we've heard some things, you realize you, we could hear the word of God, know what it says to do in a given situation, have heard it for 25 years, and then a situation arises. If we don't apply it, apply it, it does us no good. Is that true? Now... The way we apply it is with God's help and His grace and His strength. It's not by your moral muscle. It's not by your discipline, although those things are good, but they have to be submitted to God. If you try to just say, I'm going to do all this, well, that's doing it in the flesh, and that will not profit anything. But if we say, Lord, this is what you said, I'm going to do it by your strength. Lord, help me to do it. Because you said it, I'm going to act on it. Now the power of God is there to help us. And so we can walk in that. 1 Peter 4, 7. Let's turn there tonight. If you have your Bibles. Anybody need a Bible? We're going to look a lot. Of, we have a lot of different translations here. But if anybody needs a Bible to be able to look on the page, just raise your hand. We'll get you one. But even though if you have your phone, a lot of people use their phones now. That's fine. Just look at the Bible. You know, don't pull up Candy Crush or something else or... <laughs> Or Fruit Ninja or something. If I see you going like this, you know, that's an old game. But anyway, it's still good. But if you're looking at the Bible, uh, that's good. It doesn't matter if you have, you're looking at it on your phone or paper or whatever. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Now, this isn't what we're talking about, but that verse is true. If it was true when this was written, how much more true is it now? It's a, we're a lot, I, one thing we know is that we're closer than we ever have been. The end of all things is at hand. And you look around, 
things, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting how things are ramping up here. But be serious and watchful in your prayers. We are not in a game. Everybody say, this is not a game. This is not a simulation. This is the real deal, guys. We, we are living in the last days. Now, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. We don't know that for sure. But one thing we know is that the times are getting weird, perilous. People are, 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 it's getting lighter. It's getting brighter. The gospel has been preached, but also there's some darkness. So we need to be uh, serious about how we navigate. Verse 8, it says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Um, let's look at, do this a little bit different. Um, let's skip down to 1 John 4. You can put that up. You don't, you don't have to turn there, but 1 John 4. So it says there, love will cover a multitude of sins. In the New King James, here it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, for God is love. You have the next part there? Or he who does not know, or does not love, does not know God, for God is is love. The Bible says God is love. So walking like God would be walking in love. Whatever love does is what God does. Now we just read that love covers a multitude of sins. Go ahead and um, look at, go ahead and put up 1 Corinthians 13.5. It says, love isn't selfish or quick-tempered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs that others, others do. Now, we're talking about offense. What does it mean? When we're, off, when we're offended, we have taken what somebody did. It's irritated us. It's pushed us a different way uh, in, in a negative fashion. We have been affected in a negative way by what somebody else did. But notice, love, God God's love, and God is love. It says love is, isn't selfish. We could read this whole section, but we're not going to tonight. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 13. Love isn't selfish. It isn't quick-tempered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs that others do. Go ahead and put that up in the easy-to-read version. You have that one? What? Don't have that one? Oh, don't have that one? Do you have it in Amplified Classic? It is not conceited, so love is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, <coughs> excuse me, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking, <coughs> excuse me, it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. 
It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So this is talking about love. God is love, and His love is in us. Now we read, to begin with, love covers a multitude of sins. When we're talking about being offended, if we're walking according to this, the offense won't affect us as much. It's, I mean, it, it won't affect you actually at all if you're walking in love, but the degree to which it affects us is basically inversely proportional, proportional to how much we're walking in love. See, it says love is not touchy, it's not fretful, it's not resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. That means it doesn't notice when evil is done to it. What is offense? When you have perceived evil or perceived slight or perceived um, you know, something, you, 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 you uh, believe something has been done negatively toward you. But this says, it, love takes no account of the evil done to it. Takes no account. We're going to see that in another, well, I don't know if we have it, but we'll, I'll read it to you at least. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Pays no attention. Now, is this normal? Is it normal to just be oblivious when you've had a, a, a wrong? Somebody uh, does something wrong to you. Is it normal just to ignore it? For humanity. When somebody does you, some, does you wrong, the normal human response is retaliation, right? Come on, you guys, just be honest. <laughs> Not talking about you, talking about in general. For all of us, in our flesh, if somebody does something to you negatively, what do you want to do? You want to do the same thing or worse back. I'm talking about in your flesh, right? But this is saying somebody does something negative to us, and instead of a being offended, instead of getting all mad and irritable and letting them have it, that we pay no attention. Now, we're not talking about ignoring. We talked about this several times ago. Um, we're not talking about just ignoring. If somebody slights you, and uh, that doesn't mean being a doormat and just letting them do it over and over again. There's a difference between having an attitude of forgiveness, an attitude of love, and just letting somebody beat you up over and over. That's not love. To let somebody walk in evil over and over. You could take steps to prohibit that or keep that from happening again, but you could still have an attitude of love with them. So don't misread this and think, well, that means I just got to, if somebody does something to me and, you know, if there's abuse or anything, I just have to take it. That's not true. Let me ask you the question. Would you that are parents, would you want your child just to put up with being abused in a relationship just to say, well, you know, you just got to love them, just put up with it. Would you want that? Well, God's the same way. We're his children. You know, if you don't have children, think about somebody that you love dearly. Would you say, ah, you know, you're a Christian now. Just, just, that's your lot in life. Just take it. But you could not have any animosity. You could have things happening to you and be like, you know what, I'm not going to let that happen again. On the other hand, I forgive you and I release you. 
That's what this is talking about. It's a heart attitude. But this is the love of God, and only the love of God can truly do this. We can try to do this in our own strength. We can try to want to be nice, try to overlook things. But the love of God that we have, which we'll see, that's in us as Christians, that will enable you to do this. And that love, that love is not normal in the earth. That is not the normal way of operation. The Passion Translated, Translation, I don't think we probably have that one. The, the, the Passion Translation, let me read it to you. It says, Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. So what does this mean? This is the love of God. And let's look at um, one more scripture and then we'll make some comments. Can you put up Romans 5.5? Um, 5, 5? Romans 5.5. 5. It says, Now hope does not disappoint, referring to a few things it just said, but because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So this means that the love that we were just looking at in the other scripture, now regardless if we've heard some of these scriptures before, regardless if we've, these, are, these things have gone into our ears, the word of God only affects our life when we act on it. And this right here is truth Regardless of what we feel, what our emotions tell us, this says that that love, which we were just reading about in 1 Corinthians, the love of God, which is God is himself love, and that love that is not quick to be offended, that is not irritable, has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That means these things that we're reading about, we're going to re look at more scriptures. When we look at them, we should not say, Boy, that would be really nice if I could do that. Wow, that's, that's the way to live. That's really, well, that, that, would be, that would be heaven on earth. What we should say is, that's in me. That has been given to me. See, here's the difference. If, you, if, if somebody told you about some, you know, let's say, if it was an, an app or, let's say, uh, some kind of, um, you know, uh, gift, some, some type of thing, that, that they were explaining it to you and telling you about it and telling you about all the things that it could do. And, it, and if you were like, yeah, that would be awesome to have that. That would be amazing. That would do so many things. That would be one thing. If you thought it was out there somewhere and then if it was like, you know, $1,000 to get or $20,000 to get or whatever this, this thing that they were talking about, and you're like, yeah, that would be amazing, but it's, it's, 
it's not reachable. That would be one thing. But if they told you about it and you were like, that would be awesome, they said, well, it's, you already have it. It's already part of the plan you got, or it's already on your phone. Look, let me show you how to use it. Or here, this thing that I'm talking about, you already have access to it. Let me show you. It's already been purchased for you. That's a different thing. Now it's not like, ooh, someday. That's like, well, I have access to it. But even if you had access to it, what would you still have to do for it to do you any good? You'd have to actually use it. So even if you knew, it's great that you know you have it. Hey, I have it, I can use it. But if we just say, yeah, I have it. Yep, I know I have it. Ooh, you know what? And then three years pass, and Christ, of course, if it, it was technology related, everything's moving and it's probably old, but there's probably some new version of it. And if you said, yeah, three years ago I heard about it. I know I have it. I've been carrying around, but you've never used it. But you say, somebody tells you how it's working for them and how they're using it and how great it is. You go, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about it three years ago. I've heard, I've, I've looked at all the YouTube videos about it, and I know it. Have you been using it? Well, no, but I know about it. And this person just found out about it two months ago, and you're like, yeah, well, I knew about it three, months, three years ago. But, are, but if we're not doing anything with it, does it do us any good? No. So if we know, quote unquote, that the love of God is inside of us, that this love, it, it's not irritable, it's not touchy, it's not fretful, doesn't take offense easily, it is calm, it is supportive, it is believing the best, all these other things that we didn't read, but we, we don't actually act on that. And so when we walk in our relationships, we act the same way as if that love wasn't there, but we knew about it for 25 years. How does that affect our relationships? It's the same as if we had never heard it, right? Now, don't take condemnation from us. This, what we're saying, these scriptures that we're looking at, when we look at them, we ought to say, I have that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. That's in me. I have it. That is for me. That I can do. Because that's when it actually works when we actually use what God has already given to us, and He has given every person that's been born again, that's trusted the Lord Jesus as their Savior, we have the love of God. And so these things that come from walking in that love, when these things that come from actually, is it possible for somebody to say something offensive to you and you not take offense? Is that possible? It's possible. It's possible. It's possible for us now, today. Is it possible in our relationships, and you don't have to say it out loud, but you think of a relationship that maybe, and maybe nobody in here has any relationships that could use any work. It's all, you know, you guys are hitting on all cylinders. Everything is perfect, and you're ready to go to heaven because there would be no difference when you got to heaven. It's just perfect. But if there's any relationship you can think of where it could be different. Now, it's so tempting to go, well, it's the other person. Yeah, I know I have it, but, you know, it's this. If they would do this and this and this and this and this, then it would be different. These things we're talking about right now, because we're talking about offense, and we're talking about basically not giving into that offense. That's what we're focusing on tonight. These things that we just read about love are ours in that relationship now, today, to operate in. In other words, in any of our relationships, 
we can actually, God's will for us is to operate such that we aren't, we're not easily irritated. That we're not easily offended. That we actually act almost as if the person didn't say anything. Is that possible? That almost seems too good to be true. You think, how could somebody do that? Well, is, is the Bible true or not? That's the right answer. You get a bonus. You get a gold star. The love of God has been shed abroad, or that's what the, New, the King James says, in our hearts, been poured out in our hearts. Now let's go back and read a few of these, these things in Proverbs. Proverbs is chock full of good stuff. If you don't read Proverbs, I'd encourage you to read Proverbs full of wisdom. But Proverbs 17, 9, if you can put that up, it says, He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. In the New Living Translation, it says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Now, this is application of what we were just talking about. Is it not tempting when somebody says something to point it out? The Bible says that dwelling on it, coming back, it says he who repeats a matter in the New King James, bringing it up again will separate close friends. That sounds a lot like the first scripture we read where offense will separate us like bars of iron will. This is one application of this truth. Is it not tempting to bring it up again and even if it hasn't been talked about for a while to come back in and it's just kind of like a dagger. Well, you know, you did say that. Well, you did do that. Why did you do that? Well, that, that has the ability to separate us. But what would love do? It would forgive it and it would overlook it. Now, again, you have to balance that. It's not saying we put up with all kinds of nonsense. That's another thing, so we're not talking about that. But there are so many things that we have the opportunity to overlook that maybe sometimes we don't. Little things. Anybody ever found the little things? Somebody says something little, and you could let it slide, but it's so, sometimes it's just, you just, you just, you have to say, you want to say, you don't have to, but you want to say something. And no, you don't have to raise your hand. It's tempting, it's tempting for all of us just to, you know, well, just to poke. Well, what does that do? Does that help the relationship or hinder it at that point? Hinders. Now, in all these things, well, I'll say that in a minute. Let's read Proverbs um, 10, 12. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Notice that term. That's the same term that we read in another scripture in 1 Peter. Love covers. Love covers. Love covers it. Do you know how many times in a day, that, depending on how closely we're working with somebody, that if we're walking in love, they may say something, but we could cover it with love and nothing negative happens in the relationship. I'm not saying they're purposely coming at you, but what if they did? 
What if they said something and they were trying to poke at you? What if you just covered it? You realize that affects the other person. What if both people are doing this all day? And covering. Love is covering. So something is said, love covers it. Something's not done, instead of being like, I want you to do that. Why don't you have done that? I've already told you 15 times to do that. Love covers it. That leads to harmony. Do you know that that is a godly attitude? Aren't you glad God is not beating you up for everything that you're doing wrong all the time? Do you understand that he could? And if you say, well, he is, then you're not listening to God. Did you hear me? God does not do that. Do you, he's, the, he's the God of the universe. He's the Almighty. Do you realize how many faults he could pick out in each one of us? He could crush us like that. If he told us everything that we're doing wrong, you'd be completely discouraged. I would be completely discouraged. It's like I thought I was doing... No, I'm not. Never mind. Forget it. That's not his heart. And if we hear in our minds constantly, you're not doing it, you're not doing it, you're not, you should do this, should do, that's not God. That's not the voice of God. God does not do that. Well, if we have the love of God, see, that's how he treats us. If we have the love of God poured out in our heart and we're walking by that love that is not touchy and it's not fault-finding and it's not pushy, um, finding everything negative with somebody else, then our response when things are said ought to be more like God. And in fact, when we find ourselves constantly poking, that's an indication that we're walking less like Him. We are not maturity, spirituality is walking like Him and He is love. So actually, when we find ourselves really touchy, we're actually wa walking very unspiritual at that point. Now again, don't take this as, yeah, I know, I stink. No, we should look at it and say, God, show me, help me, help me to come up. I want to be like you. I know you love me. Help that love that you have for me to flow through me and help me to love these other people around me. Help me to love myself, help me to love the other people, and help me to walk the way you walk. In the New Living Translation, it says, hatred stirs up quarrels. Do you know anybody can stir up quarrels? It is not a gift to stir up a quarrel. Any, excuse me for saying this, but any moron can get a fight started. It takes no special ability whatsoever to get an argument going. That's the easiest thing in the world. And if you know somebody and you live with them, it's super easy to do it. Because you know the buttons to push. You know, if I say this, the next little bit, they're, they're going to be ticked. And you, that's part of what we're talking about. So why say it? It says hatred stirs up quarrels. Well, we want to, you say, well, I don't hate them. Yeah, but we're acting like it. If we know that's something that we say, you know they did something, and you know if you say something, it's going to tick them off. To say it is actually not, that's not walking in love at all. That is actually just poking them. 
And a spiritual person, or somebody that I should say, somebody that's walking spiritually, will pass up the opportunity to do that. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Sometimes your flesh just wants, but I just want to say it. I just, let me say it. I just want to say it. Well, how did that work out for you when you said it? We just have to ask ourselves, how did it work out when we went ahead and said that thing? It might, it might you know, your flesh might love letting it come out of your mouth. But then there's the aftermath. And this says love makes up for all offenses. So you have an offense. Our part is, am I going to let that, am I going to let that derail me? We all have the ability. It's like you see these things coming. Here's the ability. Here's the offense. You could be real tick. Am I going to take it or am I going to let it pass me by? Here comes another one. I could be, I could be offended. I, an opportunity to say something. I could say it. Ooh, it would fit really well. It's a smart aleck comment. It would be timely, and yes, and it would be cold for the next hour. It's like you can see it coming in slow motion. Do I say it? Nope, I'm going to let it go. The more we walk in love, the more we're just going to say, they're just going by us. We're just letting them go. That is a spiritual person. When we say, oh, um, you know, you, you jump on it, and you said the smart aleck thing, and you, you showed them, that's not really all that spiritual. Now, that might hurt our pride, that might hurt our flesh, and say, well, no, I am spiritual. If we're acting like that, we're not acting spiritual. We are actually acting like a baby. We're acting like a big baby. When we, when we let somebody have it, okay, we get it, we cause an argument. That's not time for a gold star. That's, we failed. If we caused an argument, we acted like a baby. Again, don't take this heaping on our, our heads. Like, oh, you know, I'm so stupid. Yes, I, I know I do that. This is the reality that we don't have to do that. The more we actually say, God, you help me with this. I can do it. The more we're going to let those, those things fly past us. Look at this. Proverbs 12, 16. A fool's wrath. Can you put up Proverbs 12, 16? You got that one? Can you put it in the New King James, the regular one? A fool's wrath is known at once. Now, we don't have to say any more. Just look at that sentence. <laughs> if. We show and get mad really quick when somebody does something and we let them have it. What does that mean we are at that point? The Bible said it, I didn't. But this is what, that's what we're acting like. It doesn't say a, a really smart person does that. In fact, the next sentence says, a prudent man covers shame. Now, can you put that in the New Living Translation? A fool is quick-tempered. Now, we're talking about love. Love, does, it's not quick-tempered. It's not jumping on offenses. It's overlooking them. It's like letting, the, letting those things just zip by. Like, nope, not going to bite. Nope, not going to bite. A fool, first one, jumps on it. 
but a wise person stays calm when insulted. So which, which category do we want to be in? B. <laughs> yes, B, number two, bottom one, whatever that second part is. We don't want to be the fool, but what, what, if, we, what, if, what if we say to ourselves, yeah, but that's just my temper, I'm just, I'm touchy, I just, I just have a bad temper. What does that mean? What does that mean according to the first part of this? this? We're acting like a fool. We don't want to do that. And we don't have to because God has given us the ability not to. And, it, and I'm not saying we're, all, we're not all perfect in this. We're all working. But we can, we can ask God and believe God that he will help us walk more like the second part of that, the wise person. Look at it in the CEV, the Contemporary English Version. Losing your temper is foolish. Ignoring an insult is smart. I like it. So do we want to be a fool or do we want to be smart? smart. Ignoring an insult. Ignoring an insult is smart. Some people would say ignoring an insult means you're a weakling. That's not what the Bible says. You know, you got to let them know. You're going to take that? Well... Just think about everything that we've said. When you just don't take it and you're going to let them have a piece of your mind, what, what does that look like? Does that look like more of the quick reaction and more like the first part of the verse, or does that look more like the wise person? It looks more like the person that can't take anything, that any comment, got to let it be known what we think. Gotta, that's, that's not acting like a spiritual mature person, spiritually mature person. So, again, it's not putting up with certain things, but we're talking about the day in and day out. Love is going to cover. Love is going to be the grease that allows relationships to work. Love, and the specific part of love we're talking about, is overlooking, is not taking the opportunity, is letting that one slide, is, I could tell them, but no. I'm going to look at the positive in them. That is walking like God does. That's walking in love. And we have the ability to do it. Amen? It's ours. This isn't something that's out there that's too good to be true. This belongs to us now, tonight. This belongs to us on the way home. This belongs to us on the way to work tomorrow. This belongs to us at the dinner table tomorrow night. This is something, though, that if it's just out there, we say, I just, yeah, that's great. Amen. It's when the, 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 the thing is coming at you and the offense is there, it's, that's, the, that's the, 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 the proof in the pudding right there. Do we just, yeah, I know what I heard, I know, but I'm taking the opportunity again and we do it. Or do we just start letting it go? If we just let one in five go, that's progress. And if we can say, you know what? I let one go. May not be gold star time, but at least we're going in the right direction. Maybe not even, but at least it's going in the right direction. It's a step. It's probably not the time to turn to your spouse and, and say, well, I, I could have jumped on that one too. That's probably not going to go well. That's not what we want to say. But the point is, 
we can start heading this way, and even if we've missed it, missed it, missed it, we can start making progress to where it's two out of five, and three out of five, and four out of five, and we're walking more and more like this, and the less and less strife and less and less offense is happening. And God gets the glory, and we can say, it was him that helped us, and boy, the relationship is better. Amen?